0: Today's scripture is from Matthew 7, verses 15 to 20. Um, Beware of false prophets who came to you in the sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Our grapes gather from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the deceased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a deceased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Good morning. It's uh, really, really good to see you all here this morning. Uh, Good to be together. Uh, My name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Church Church. Tucson. And uh, um, just by way of introduction, if you're new or you've never heard me preach before, uh, I have a stutter. Uh, So just want to give you all a heads up on that. Um, It's good. Kind of my thing. Um, no, it uh just just so, so you know and you're not kind of trying to figure it out uh as we go along. Um just want to always make sure that, that people know know what that is. Um this morning we have a lot going on. Um again, as was said earlier, we have a baptism service this morning. Really excited for that. Um I actually have a friend this morning who who sent me a text message. He's kind of a clown, this guy. He's up in Flagstaff. And if there's a little mic issue, by the way, I've got this new Britney Spears mic um, on, um, trying, to, trying to deal with that. So just a heads up, too. Um, I'm new, new to all this, this, this type of thing. But anyway, um, my friend in Flagstaff, he's, um, he's actually a pastor up there, and he's a jokester. And he, he just wrote um, and said, hey, man, I see that you guys are doing baptism services today. Um, You know, he uh, was—he was like, you know, man, that's very insensitive of you. In light of just kind of, you know, a lot of people right now are in in conflict, and you know, he's just completely joking. But as I was thinking about just the reality of honestly that last song that we just sang, and where we're, where we're, um, where just the, the high and the excitement. And the reality and the truth of Jesus, the rock on which we can stand, and and there's no hope found anywhere else. And then you read the scripture reading that where we're going to be today, and you continue to go on. This is perhaps one of the scariest uh, passages in all of scripture that we're going to be in and it's and it can be kind of jarring kind of like man what are we whiplashing and you know where are we where are we going with this it's you know and it's going to be a little bit of emotional whiplash and and and, and candidly the sermon's going to build I'll just kind of kind of give it away on the front end we're, we're going to press into some hard places and we're going to have time to evaluate and to question some really hard questions um and then we're going to have baptisms. Um, and, and I mean, there will be tears of joy and celebration and excitement. And again, it can feel emotionally jarring. But the reality of Jesus is that he presses in and moves in and enters into the hard places in life. In fact, we're told that Jesus didn't consider his privilege and his, and his place of joy and comfort um, alongside the Father and the Spirit um, something to be held on to. But he, but he, 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 he willingly Entered into our brokenness and into our mess. And, and I just want to again recognize that, probably coming from different places, that many of us in here feel that. We feel that t- tension. And yet, the, this this isn't this isn't incompatible. We didn't put baptism service on hold because you know anything, whatever would happen. No, it's always going to come back to the the message, the good news of Jesus, that 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 uh, He is the hope, that He is the rock um, upon which uh, uh, our hope is found. Amen. And, and so, so just so, and, and by the way, I do call for amens every once in a while, and what that means is, yeah, I agree, I'm tracking with you. So if I if I call for that, it's just to make sure that. You're with me, um, and so uh, anyway, just a heads up again. Even my tone at some some places as I'm in this will be appropriately matching the the seriousness of what Jesus. Is um is is saying here? Okay, so I just want to give you all a heads up, so you're not like, man, Dave's Dave must have ate something bad last night. He's grumpy. Um, no, I'm 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 Lord willing, being true to the scriptures. Okay, um, so with that, turn with me to Matthew chapter seven. That's where we're gonna be. We've been in the Sermon on the Mount, and we're gonna continue. We have two more um two more weekends in this um two more Sundays together in the Sermon on the Mount. We've been in it for a number of months, and we're gonna transition week after next into our ad. Advent series as we build anticipation for uh, the the birth of Jesus. And so, um, turn with me there. If you have a Bible or an app or um, you know however it is that you that you read God's Word, if you don't have a Bible with you, would you hold your hand up high and keep it up? Hold it up. Don't don't do the auctioneer thing. Keep it up high, and somebody will get you a Bible. And um. También si necesitas la Biblia en Español, levante su mano en diga Español. Y si no tienes una Biblia, eso es nuestro regalo a usted. Okay, um, we want to make sure everyone has a Bible. Chris, I'm here to help. There's someone right there who needs one too. Um, I got your back. Wherever so keep your hand up. We'll get you one. Again, especially on a week like this, it's important that that we read God's word and that we know this is this is the words of Jesus speaking here. And um and that we can respond appropriately. And so um again, want to make sure everyone has a Bible. If you don't own a Bible, you do now. Keep this, K. Put your hey, we need one more up here and one more back there. We need Bibles here. I, we could have where I'm like throwing them out there, but we're not going to do that. We'll, uh, we'll trust the people with them. So yeah, keep bringing the Bibles up, guys. Look around. They're up here. Um, thank you, ushers. They, they're always great to, to do this kind of thing and make sure we've all got a Bible. So with that, guys, let me, um, we're going to pray. Let me just give you a heads up, give you some handlebars for where we're headed in God's word this morning. Is that G- The whole theme of the Sermon on the Mount has been Jesus saying that he brings real heart transformation. Transformation that shows up in real everyday life. Not just, hey, do these things, here's some good, here's some good t- t- tips on how to live a good life, you know, try harder, do better. But no, this is Jesus saying, your heart is dead apart from me and you need to be restored. You need to be saved, you need to be rescued, you need to be born again. And that, that's a real heart transformation. And then from there, this is what real life looks like. Okay, that there's, there's a consistently a connecting of the dots from faith in Jesus that, that, that means a new heart that shows up, that really shows up in life. Okay, and so that's really what we're looking at. And today specifically, um, building off of last week where Jesus said that the way is narrow and difficult that leads to life. And that the way is wide, and, but that he's calling, no, put your faith in me and it's going to be narrow, it's a difficult way. And then that's connected to Jesus' proclamation that he is the way and the truth and the life. And then this week, building off of that now, we look at Jesus' warning of, of ways that we can, we can, we can fall off or we can, we can be prone to wander. And it's this. He says, look out for false prophecy and for false profession. For false teaching and false declaration and false prophecy coming at you from, from out here. Uh, beware of that. And then, and then also beware in your own lives, in your own heart. Evaluate because you can make a false profession. And so he warns us, false prophecy, false profession. And again, he calls us to respond to him and to look to him. So with that, let me pray and ask him to oversee our time and to send the spirit to lead us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning all ready. Lord, we're along for the ride. Um, I, I pray that, 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 that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And, and we pray that you will send the spirit to, to enliven our hearts, to open our ears, to open our eyes, to lead us to press in. Lord Jesus, to you, Lord, to be aware and to evaluate and to question um, where we have um, taken the wide and the easy road. And Lord, let us take um, your, your, your warnings seriously. And so, Lord, again, thank you for this morning. Uh, we submit to you and we ask you to lead us to you to worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, how many of you know what an ornamental orange tree is? Anyone? Okay, not that many. Um, it's this weird phenomenon that seems like it only exists in Arizona. I don't know. It's, it probably is. But it's this thing. We used to live in a house that had these in the front yard. And we were told by the, uh, the, the owners of the house that occasionally um, homeless people will take these oranges and then will result in throwing them at the house. And we're like, well, why? You know, what's going on with that? And it's because these oranges are not as they appear to be. Okay, ornamental orange trees look like orange trees. The the bark looks similar. It's a strong wood. It's, you know, I know because I tried to cut one down and basically broke my arm in the process. And, um, and, they're, and they smell like orange trees and in the, in the, when, they, when they start to bloom, they smell beautiful and, and it's delightful. And then they produce this, you know, little round circular substance that um, looks just like an orange. And you grab it and you peel it and it's, it's a bit harder to peel and then you eat it and it's disgusting, it's bitter and pulpy and gross. And so, again, some, some people, this actually happened, had been known to eat them and think, you know, it was just a, a cruel trick and then get mad and just throw them back at the house. And so, so I, of course, had to try these things to make sure it was true. And it is. They're disgusting. <laughs> but but it, you, you look at it and you're like, it's deceiving. It seems like it should be, you know, everything I'm expecting right now. It should taste like an orange. And I hear you can use it for baking, marmalade, or some kind of things. That who knows what you could do with it. But in, you're, you're just supposed to be able to peel and eat an orange, right? Like, that's, like, I don't know all these tricks and what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to do that. And this thing presents itself as, hey, take and eat delicious. But it's not. And you don't know that until you partake of it. Until, you, until you, you partake of this fruit. And so that is very similar to this warning that Jesus is giving here as he warns of false prophets. Picking up in chapter 7, verse 15, he says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their what? By their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Verse 17, so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. And he goes on, a, a tree that is as it's supposed to be that is good will bear good fruit. And so Jesus um, warns here, he says, look out for, for false teachers who who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. And he connects that dot there with the tree and the fruit. And, and this theme will continue on, that, that, that false teaching and false profession go hand in hand. And then Jesus is saying, look, look out for false teachers. Okay, and we, we think of, oh, yeah, false teachers are going to be really easy to spot, right? They're, they're, they're they, you know, they, right, like in the cowboy movies or whatever, like the, the big black hat and the sinister laugh and the mustache or whatever, and then the white hat coming in is, oh, easy to spot, right? Easy to spot the bad guys, and um, that's just not the way it is. Okay, false, false teachers, false prophets don't show up on the scene and, and just say, I'm here, to, I'm here to have you all... You know, enter into my cult and drink my Kool Aid and do do this thing. Just a warning: come come in, partake. No, it's it's deceiving. It's easy to believe. It smells like an orange tree, looks like an orange tree, and if you're not discerning, if you don't press in, if you don't evaluate the fruit that is coming from this, then you can be deceived. And Jesus is warning about this. And so here's the deal. We need to, we need to be discerning as a people. And, and, and false teachers, again, don't just make these bold proclamations. And also, um, they're, they're, not, they're not usually telling us stuff that on the front end are things that we don't want to hear. Right? Again, I joked about, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and all these things. But usually it's stuff that we want to hear. It's not just stuff out there. It's not just look out for the bad guys out there, you know, build walls and hunker down and, and protect yourselves from all the false, false teachers. But the reality is here, li- listen to me, look at me. We-, we want to follow false teachers. In fact, we're told in um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, um, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. That we, that we need to be aware of our, own, of our own propensity. It says this. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Okay, so again, it's not just look out for all the bad guys out there and protect yourselves from them and, you know, poor you and poor me. We've got to look out for all the bad guys there. The reality is that our heart condition... Because of what the Bible calls sin, though God created us to know him and trust him and, and relate with him and depend on him um, and, and to have have discernment and to know all things based on our relationship with him. Because of sin, we all individually and communally turned away and said, No, thanks, God. I want to go my own, I want to go my own route. I want to go this way. And I believe I want to do what I want to do. And that shows up in our propensity to look for teaching that's going to lead us astray, to embrace false teaching. In fact, I think if we're real, sometimes even to call for it, right? To leave a church that's pressing in and that is, that is, that is, that is speaking the hard truth and that is calling us to real response and to real trust and to real faith in Jesus, to real transformation. Come on. And, we, and yet we say, I don't want that. That, that hurts. You're kind, of, you're kind of cramping my style right now. I'm going to go look for someone who's going to tell me what I want to hear. So it's not just the bad guys out there, it's, 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 it's in here. And it's also, I just want to say too, because sometimes I joked about the black hat and the white, you know, and sometimes even some will joke about the prosperity gospel and everyone that wears a white suit is preaching the prosperity gospel and that's a false prophecy and all these things. You can see it on different TV stations and things like that. And I'm spouting, sometimes they'll fright. All right, we do need to be discerning, and sometimes people are spouting um, horrible, false teaching and calling us to away, and, and it. And sometimes they do happen to wear white suits, by the way. But the reality is, is there are little, little house churches that are right there too. You know, people wearing jeans and t-shirts and and sounding really good and really, really, uh, really believable. So it's not, you know, the size of the church or, you know, the appearance or anything like that. Again, it's deceiving. And unless we press in, unless we know the Lord, we'll get to that here. Unless we know the real gospel, the real good news of Jesus, then we're going to be prone to just kind of believe whatever. Or like Second Timothy 4, we're going we're gonna to give in to what we want to hear. And we're just going to go whoever's going to tell us that. So a couple of di- discerning a list. This is by no means an exhaustive list here. But it is we're called to be discerning, to look, to be aware, to know Jesus, to know the gospel, to read our Bibles, to have Bibles. That's why we say if you don't own a Bible, keep this one. Right? Si no tienes una Biblia, eso es nuestro regalo a usted. This is our gift to you. We want to make sure you have a Bible that you can keep and read and make your own and, 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 and not just take my word for it. Okay, and not just sit there and be like, yeah, it sounded nice. It was funny. I laughed a little bit. I think, yeah, there was a cute little acronym, which I never do. So that, but there was a little you know, saying or something like that. And, and uh, yeah, I believe it. But no, to, to pour into God's word and to submit ourselves. And to know that as I, the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God endures forever. Okay, so we need to be discerning and evaluative of ourselves and of the teaching that we submit to. And so just again, a list, one thing, false teaching versus gospel-centered preaching that leads us to Jesus would be this. Is the preaching using the Bible or preaching the Bible? There's a big difference there. Do I come up here or does the teaching that you want to hear or the teaching that we find ourselves under, is it, is it oh, I've got to find a verse that's going to say what I want to say in light of whatever it is. Again, whatever current events going on, wherever, I'm going to go find that right here. Oh, boom, i got a I got a sermon made and it's completely out of context. And no, Or do we understand this is God's story from beginning to end. Jesus is the author and the hero of the true story of the world and we submit ourselves to his teaching are we are we are we preaching the Bible? Are we submitting to God's Word, the Bible, or are we using it for our own agenda? Are we, with regard to money, do we do we listen to preaching? Do we do we preach in such a way do that that, that um, leads to to godly stewardship of money or to love of money? Again, I mentioned the prosperity gospel earlier, which is oh, just have enough faith, just believe, just just say the right things, just say I am blessed and highly favored. You know, do these things, and and you will, and then God will just shower out. You know, if you don't have, it's because you don't believe enough. Just believe, and just give me a little more, and you know, or where, and then in some of us in maybe mainstream culture, we don't go that 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 route, but we just we have our own you know tendency to just to whatever it is to think, okay, I'm I'm about I'm God's all about keeping. Keeping me happy and comfortable and and no that's not the scripture that's not jesus again the the way is is narrow and difficult that leads to life he calls his followers to take up their cross and follow him so again does it lead to godly stewardship and perspective on money or to uh, uh, love of money does it lead to pride or to humility we have a we're blessed to have a lot of like sharp thinkers in here, um, a lot of people who are some people who are in seminary have been to seminary who have big fat books written by you know dead theologians years ago, and we know these things. And sometimes we can be really puffed up and think, man, I've got this knowledge, I've got this wisdom, I know the scriptures. And I mentioned earlier, you know, do we use the Bible or do we preach the Bible? Let me just say, all these things, by the way, is not meant. Man, ah, we are such a... It is, it is not meant to puff us up. This whole thing is meant to lead us into... Um, is G, How am I submitting to Jesus and living my life in response to him? And how am I loving God and loving my neighbor through my submission to Christ, through my reading of scripture? Um, and so when we talk about this, when I talk about false prophecy, I'm not saying, you know, people who don't use the English Standard Version Bible or people who use, you know topical sermons you know or people who do this or that or don't or who believe a different mode of baptism than we do we we talk about that we we have members of our church who do not agree on this on this um exact form and we have that conversation and stuff and it, i just kind of want to side there a little bit but it's to show like no we on the essentials on on the on the on the true teaching of jesus on what he's sharing We're discerning of those things and we read into those things, but never in such a way like we don't have a list where or we don't go around and talk about all these other churches. Well, they do that. Well, their worship style is this way where their their, you know, prayer is this way or their attire is this way and there. And we and we get it sounds even silly that I'm even addressing this right now. But man, Christian culture is just saturated with this kind of foolishness. So does it lead to pride or to Humility. Any kind of wisdom or faith that we have should always lead us to our knees to say, but not for the grace of God, I would be in this place. And even to humbly say, I think this is, I have poured over, I've studied the original languages, that stuff is all good. But that should never, ever lead you to saying so anyone else who doesn't come to this conclusion as me is foolish and I have just studied so much and I am so wise and, and all these things and, and everyone else is, is foolish or is a false prophet. People go to, will just throw that, that you know, title out way too quickly. No, it should lead to humility and to asking questions. James 119, be slow to speak and quick to listen or quick to understand, slow to anger. Does it lead to humility? Lastly, on this again, not exhaustive list, does 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 our, our submission to to the, the truth of God's word, does it lead us to selfishness or selflessness? And I'm not, I mean Just this is an an obvious illustration in my face right now is, again, wherever you fall in response to the election lately, in response to um, on the big, that's a macro level deal, right? On that level or on in response to, you know, you're you're on the phone with a telemarketer or you're on hold with the insurance company or you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off in the in and out, you know, drive through line, whatever it might be. Is, is your faith and your, your study of God's word and your submission to Jesus leading to selflessness or selfishness? Man, that's uncomfortable. Amen. Like, let, uh, let us move into this and, and consider, am I truly submitting to God and his word? And so now as we transition here, directly connected is false profession. Because if we're not here, if we're not rightly studying God's word, if we're believing false teaching, then we're going to go right to false profession. And again, connected to that is the fruit. This stuff shows up in our real lives. Okay? So as I'm, as I'm asking you to, when I'm saying amen or, 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 or listen to me or look at me, what I'm saying is, is press in. Evaluate right now your own heart. And because Jesus warns, again, it's not just out there, the bad guys, right? Dressed in wolves, you know, clothing coming in here. But the warning now is also evaluate yourself because Jesus warns of false profession. Picking up in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven on that day, listen to this, on that day, many will sing your name. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Don't, don't miss the severity of what we just read. This is Jesus speaking, talking to people who are sure because of a prayer they've professed, because of um, some things and activities that they've done. Oh, of course I'm going to heaven. Of course I'm good. I'm, set, I'm straight with God. I'm, I, every, and Jesus has some very jarring words. This should scare us. This day of judgment, when Jesus says, on that day, I will say to them, I never knew you, depart from me. That that day is a day of final judgment that, hear me, is real life. This is real life. Every person in this room, every person on this entire earth throughout the history of the earth will stand before Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. Who is right now, this very moment, okay, turn to your neighbor and say this moment, okay, this moment, Jesus is on the throne. Okay, we get so caught up in just life right now in college football and whatever else it might be. And we talk about these things as like a serial hypothetical one day kind of things. But right now, Jesus, real person, okay, who died, it's over here, died on the cross, right? Take Jesus seriously, not ourselves. Jesus died on the cross, real life, real history, rose from the dead. Not a myth, not a story, not a, not a cute little children's story, not a, well, maybe it happened. No, all right, people lost their lives. People proclaimed this, that we could get into the apologetics, the defense of all this stuff. But I'm assuming with everything I have, That Jesus genuinely, authentically rose from the dead. We're told in scripture, if he didn't really do that, we're foolish. We are wasting our times right now. We should be watching NFL football. We should be wiling out and partying. We should be doing whatever we want because this is all fake. If he didn't really raise from the dead, Jesus really rose from the dead. And right now is seated on the throne next to the right, at the right hand of the father. And we're told that he is declaring, behold, I am making all things new. And we're told that we will all stand before him. And that's what he's talking about. Straight from from Jesus' mouth, he's saying that day will come. This isn't a coin flip. Let me just tell you the character here of God. Because sometimes we'll ask, you know, um, suppose when you die, whenever that might be, you stand before God and he says to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And a lot of times we get answers of, well, I've done pretty well. I've, the good has outweighed the bad. I try to be a good person. I've t-. A lot of times people say, I've never killed anyone. And, you know, God's going to be like, good job. Hey, great. Congratulations on that one. That's, I know it's really tempting, so good job. Come on in. You know, we, we kind of we get in this place of where, no, but, but so it's not, and it's not a coin flip. It's not whether or not Jesus woke up on the wrong side of the bed or, you know, it's not, no, there's a level of certainty And Jesus tells us what will happen on that day. And who he says, come in, partake of my kingdom. Come in, enter into eternal life. I'm well pleased with you. Who's going to hear that? Jesus tells us in verse 23 by saying what he will say to those that he turns away. I never knew you. I never knew you. The most important question you can ever consider. Look at me. Do you have a relationship with him? Have you entrusted your life to him? Because again, we these people that will say, Oh, yeah, of course, Lord, Lord. That's like there's a familiarity, right? I've sung songs, you know this. I've been to, to camp. I prayed a prayer, I'm good. I did, I, I did all these things. Or, well, I baked goods for the church I played the piano for the church. I I I I was on the hospitality team. I was on the setup team. If anyone deserves, it's a setup team, okay? These people get here, they pour themselves out. But even this, all right, I heard some amens there, some shouts of joy there. But listen, even the setup team or whatever it might be, or the faithful you know, person who provides or gives or does all these good things, but if you think that leads to eternal life and you say, Jesus, did you not see my resume? I guarantee you, it, I don't know about any of you, but throughout this last week, have you performed miracles and cast out demons in Jesus' name? Anyone? A little hand raised. I know I'm kind of playing with fire there, but if you really did, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay, and we do believe that stuff happens. Okay, the Holy Spirit is still work to, at work today, and he can do whatever he wants to do and, and produce these things. But listen, that's a big deal, all right? So these are people who did, you know, big things for Jesus, if you will. But if that puts him in your debt, and you don't have to genuinely evaluate whether or not you really know him, then he will say, depart from me. Worker of lawlessness. You, 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 don't, you don't know me. How can you partake of the kingdom that is full of the people that have been called his own? So let me ask you, do you know him? I, I want to speak to three groups of people here. I think that in some way this will meet every single one of us. First of all, Christian Christian. There is a guy named Christian, not just you, Christian, but um, everyone here named uh, who has named the name of Jesus or has said, "I'm a Christian," and that could be that could be you grew up in in the church, you went to youth group, you went to a camp, you you were you whatever it is, you you would you would check the box Christian, you'd say, "Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian." Of course, that's what I do. I identify as a Christian. That's me. Well, let me just, I mean, I hope you hear, and in love, I would be doing you the greatest disservice, told that I would have to, like, hate you to not ask you to press in and evaluate. Do you really know him? Does the fruit of your life reflect a relationship with him, born again, Born again, gone from death to life. That language is also used, regenerate, a new heart. A heart that is now dead to sin, dead to self, dead to, dead to not God. Dead and now alive to new life through faith in Jesus Christ. When these people come up and are baptized today, that's what is happening. That's why we take it so seriously. Is These people are saying, I am dead to sin and alive to faith in Jesus. And though we still sin... That always leads us. If you are born again, if you have a true faith in Jesus, when you sin, you don't just brush it off. You don't just say, "Hey, and nobody's human. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas." What, you know, I'm, oh, I'm not. Pro- I didn't murder anyone. I didn't, you know, whatever. We don't just dismiss this stuff, or we don't we don't rejoice in it. We don't be like, hey, yeah, right, bachelor party time." I just performed a wedding yesterday and was so broken by the reality of just sin in the world and how we just we just embrace this stuff. Okay, if you genuinely know. Jesus, right now I'm speaking to those of us who would say, Yeah, I'm a Christian. It is evident in what you do with sin. If you are genuinely born again, if you've genuinely put your faith in Christ, when you sin, you repent, you confess, you you pray, but thank you, Lord, I have wandered. I am prone to leave the God I love, but thank you for calling me back. Thank you for declaring that I'm forgiven, past, present, and future sins. And that doesn't mean, oh, cool, I can just do whatever I want. No, it means, Lord, um, lead me, produce in me what you have already declared to be true. Let me grow in your likeness. Amen. If If you call yourself a Christian, do you see right now that a a a a profession of faith when you were 12 or or consistent church attendance or checking the box on the list or identifying with a particular religious group or whatever it might be or or showing up and doing good things do you do, can i get an amen here do you i i i pray right now that god will wreck you if you, have, if you have substituted Jesus and knowing him and surrendering to him for, with anything else. If you believe that you're good with God for any other reason than the good news of God In Jesus laying his life down for you and raising from the dead and calling you to faith in him and giving you a new heart and sending the Holy Spirit to fill you and to equip you to lead the life that he has now called you and sent you to live. Anything other than that, Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. And um, I know, I know that we have those of us in this room that instantly go to that place of like Dave hinted at, the fact that I might not be a genuine Christian, so I'm definitely not. I'm just, you know, some of us in this room, right? The other extreme, some of us are just like, oh, I'm good, I'm I'm straight, I did, I prayed a prayer, I'm good now, I don't even have to evaluate my faith, my fruit, my life, I don't even have to consider. Well, some others I know, because I have these conversations, I get these emails, I meet with you, and I pray for you, and I love you, and it's like, you too have a wrong view of Jesus if you think it's so fickle. That you're like, I don't know, I just, then I just did this, I, I had this bad thought, or I had these doubts, or I questioned, so I'm probably not, I'm probably not a Christian. You know, I'm, it's probably, and, you, and that's like every week. And I, I don't, I'm not making fun of you, I'm not, I'm not condemning you, but, but I want to encourage you to this. If you genuinely understand the good news of the gospel, If you genuinely have put your faith in Jesus, then your sin should wreck you. And I want to encourage you in that. You don't take it lightly. You don't just dismiss it. You don't celebrate it. But look at me. Jesus will always lead you to repentance and worship and hope. Never to despair. Never to despair. Okay? Can I get an amen again? Never to, like, look at your, because one of you is out there. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus doesn't lead you to despair. Go ahead, do it. You need that, because I, sometimes I don't think you hear me. Did I stutter? Yes, <laughs> but it's okay to laugh. Um, I, I'm serious, though. It, it can't, the gospel doesn't lead us. It leads us to, yes, to, to, it leads us to being broken over our sin, but always leads us to repentance and faith and hope. And now lastly, I know we have people here that would call themselves not Christians, who I know those of you who are here in this room who would say I'm not a Christian. I've I, I and and this um I this I, I hope is jarring for you as well. Not because it's like, oh come and the hellfire and brimstone pastors, you know, just going at you right now and I'm singling you. I th- No, it's because this is a matter of life and death. Eternal life and eternal death. And I believe that many of you who are not Christians, who have not put your faith in Jesus, in a lot of ways, that's our fault, our collectively, the church as a whole, that has, again, that first group I talked about, the, the kind of the Christians that it's like, it's a political affiliation, or it's a, it's, you know, you kind of put on a mask, or it's a good thing to do, and it's, and, and a bunch of hypocrisy that we, the church, have lived in, has led so many, many of you perhaps, to think, well, I'm just as good as that guy, but I'm just not a pretender. I don't want to fake. I don't want to put on a mask. So why should I, like, I don't know that this whole Christianity thing's real because I see a lot, of, a, a lot of fake going on around me. But let me encourage you, like, you're right in that. But the call to put your faith in Jesus is never, ever Hey, join the club. Dress this way. Look this way. Talk this way. Who Wasn't that an 80s rock song I just went? Um, But the call is to real transformation that shows up in real everyday life. What would it look like for you today to come face to face with Jesus and to say, I need you. I don't understand. I still have some questions. Um, I don't want to play around. I don't want to play the game. I don't want to be fake. But um, my prayer, and I, my jokes, my humor, my raising my voice, lowering my voice, what, looking at you, whatever it is, is not going to convince you. But my prayer and my conviction is that in this moment, God himself is revealing himself to you in such a way that you can do no other than to respond in faith. That you, you look at the cross of Jesus and you see that, that God shows you his love, that while you're a sinner, an enemy, deserving death, Christ died for you. So you're asking the question, does God really love me? Does he really care? Is he really present? Does he really, is he, does he really care about this? Yes. How, there's no greater way that someone could love another than to lay his life down. You know, is, he, is he powerful? Can he do anything about it? Is there, you know, I don't know. Is he kind of an ethereal Santa Claus in the sky that's just up there but can't really affect? Yeah, he rose from the dead. He is powerful. And he uses that power to give you life and to give you a relationship with himself. And he's calling you right now to come to him, to trust in him, to give your life to him, to know him. So now as we transition in our time of response, again, I ask, do you know him? For those of you I just talk to, if you've just put your trust in Jesus, or, or you want to put your trust in Jesus, oh, what a great day. We'll have um, people in the back there from our church who would love to pray with you, who would love to talk to you. Perhaps you're even in a place where you're like, I don't know yet, but I at least want to take a step and ask someone to pray for me. I encourage you, go. There there'll be People in the back, as we respond, who would love to pray with you. If that's a prayer for faith, if that's a prayer to put your trust in Jesus, if that's a prayer for uh, 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 an exam coming up or for a, a, an illness or whatever it might be, well, let, let, let us be a praying church. And um, also, we're going to respond in singing as we do every week. The, the first song will be a more reflective song. We'll have some space to not just move right along, but to stay in this place of genuinely evaluating and considering. call themselves to know Jesus. And then for those who do call themselves uh, Christians, we're, we're called to give. It's one of the, th- in response to our faith in Jesus and his provision for us, we give generously, faithfully, sacrificially. Um, if you're not a Christian, um, we don't expect you to give. Well, we don't. We we're so glad you're here, and um, we just want to get to know you, and again ask you to consider knowing Jesus, and then we will come forward and take communion. Um, you 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 come if you have put your faith in Jesus. You come forward and you say, "I identify with the body broken and the blood poured out to cover my sins." I acknowledge that apart from the intervention of Jesus, my resume and my profession is not sufficient. But because of Jesus, because of union with him, I am forgiven. I'm a child of God. I'm a, I'm a son or a daughter. And so we come forward. We celebrate. We take communion every week. And again, I would, that is only for those who would say, I identify with Jesus. I put my faith in him. And then today, we're going we're gonna to have baptisms. And again, what an appropriate celebration of this, this clear picture of death apart from Jesus. The wide and easy road that, because of sin in our own hearts, because of by nature and by choice, we have all like sheep gone astray, each one to his own way, and that leads to death. And but because of Jesus, because of the good news of Jesus, he came to give life. And so when these people are baptized, what they will will be asked is a series of questions that will come, they will come forward here, and they will be asked, there will be three different people in the church who lead in the church, and these people will come forward and will be asked do you acknowledge and recognize that you are an image-bearer of God, born and created in his image, and but by sin you've turned away from him and you deserve judgment and you need forgiveness and rescuing. And then they will come to the next person and that person will say, do you recognize that Jesus is God's provision? That through faith in him and him alone, you can can enter into eternal life. That your heart has gone from death to life, from stone to flesh. That you have been made new through faith in Jesus. And then the third person, they will be asked the question, do you understand that by faith in Jesus, he has now called you to live a life of holiness, to live a life that reflects the work that he has done for you, and that by sending the Holy Spirit to fill you, to empower you, to equip you to live the life of godliness and holiness that he has called you to live. And then the person will get into the water and will be told, you are now baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried in Christ and raised again to new life in him. Dead to sin and raised again to new life through faith in Jesus. And So again, I want to encourage you, if, if today is the day that you have put your faith in Jesus, we, what, I encourage you to trust in him and perhaps for the first time come forward and take communion. And then to be baptized. Come and be baptized and put your faith in him, trust in him. We want to talk to you about that. For all of us right now, as we respond, let's pray and consider. What does it look like to know Jesus? Do you know him? Does your life reflect that you know him? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you're present. Thank you that you're God with us that you're God in the flesh, that you're God con carne, that you have come to be present, to dwell among us. And Lord, I pray that um, we, would, we would stay in this place that you have us right now, that we would simultaneously reflect and evaluate and consider and press into those of our choice, reality of an eternity apart from you because of our sin and because of our choice not to know you. Lord, I pray that you will lead those who are here today who don't know you to faith. Lord, reveal your grace, your love, your undeserved favor in such a way that they can do no other than to respond and to give their life to you. Lord, for all of us, I pray that we would evaluate, that we would consider our sin, that we would, we would acknowledge and we would question, have I truly trusted Jesus? Do I truly know him? Does my life reflect that? And if the answer is no, that we would repent and believe and put our trust in you and be, and, and again believe and be baptized and then come forward and take communion as a part of your community. And then Lord, um, for all of us, may we, confess and repent and believe and worship and rejoice and clap and sing and celebrate as a community in response to the good news and in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.